Um, We're going to read from uh, John chapter 15, and then we're going to pray, and we will uh, examine God's word as we consider what it is, what it's like to to live and what the purpose of, of living is. The scripture says in John 15 verse 1, this is Jesus teaching his disciples in the upper room. This is the night before uh, he goes to the cross. Uh, this is before the garden when he is betrayed. He's teaching his disciples uh, things they need to know before he leaves. And so he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown in the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified. That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Would you pray with me? Father, we ask you now to speak to us from this word. And we pray that that even if we have heard these things, this idea over and over, or we've asked this question, or we've read the Bible multiple times, or, or we think we know the answers, we pray that you would help us to humbly come to the word, because we always see new things and hear new things and believe in greater ways when your spirit is active and at work and we are open to it. And so we pray that you would teach us. Father, we want to live lives that glorify you, that are filled with joy, that are able to adapt to difficult circumstances and not lose confidence and hope or or faith. We want to live in the way that you designed us to, Lord, because you tell us that we'll have fullness of joy and fulfillment, and that's what we want most. There are so many things that we could run after and things that we crave which just are not good for us or fulfilling. And so we pray that you would teach us, Lord, that we can glorify you and live in fullness of joy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been uh, having discussions with my my youngest, Hank, about uh, the fact that um, everything that is amazing and cool, right, that's going on right now in 
in media and in cartoons, you know, it's, it's retro. It comes from when I was a kid, right? Everything that's awesome comes from the 1980s. Um, it's, just, it's just true. Uh, currently, uh, the, on, on Cartoon Network, right, there's a new Heroes show that's out. They've remade Thundercats, right? And they have not done it well. It was awesome back then in the 80s. I mean, you've got these, like, heroic, amazing figures. Now they're, like, goofy and soft and cartoony, and it's just not as good, right? But it's, it's like, look at, this, look at this heroic thing that has, that has come from the past. Uh, the, the recent success of all the Marvel movies. Like, all these stories started when I was a kid, and it's taken them all this time to catch up and to be able to make the movies, and here they are, and everybody's enjoying them and, and loving them again. Um, I think about uh, the probably, like, the most alive and fulfilled and joyous hero from my childhood, probably that I never even considered, right? Um, no respect for other people's property, but, like, nobody seems to care when he's around, right? He just destroys stuff all the time, and everybody's like, yeah, you're here, and, and when he shows up, he just fulfills everybody's needs, right? He's just, he, he is right on time, and he just he fills people with joy, and he's full of joy himself. Uh, I'm talking, he's showed up recently, just like in the past two weeks, like memes and pictures. I'm talking about the Kool-Aid man, right? <laughs> right? Hey, Kool-Aid. And he just like bursts through the wall, destroying stuff. And, and there he is. And he's like, you're thirsty. You have need. Like, I will, I will fix this for you. Filled with fruity goodness, right? Here is the Kool-Aid man. He... He brings blessing wherever he goes. He is full of joy. People are always excited to see him. And they just, they don't seem to care about the circumstances around themselves when he shows up, right? You know, they're just, they're just like, wow. And I think, look at that. Like, I want, I want my life to be characterized by being alive, by being excited about life, by being joyous and being able to show up and to arrive in the lives of others and to say, be blessed, and for them to receive blessing, right? No, I'm not so sure about, like, destroying other people's property, but, you know, anyway, thank you for laughing. You're always with me, yes. Think about that. In the Christian life, we're looking for joy that's greater than any other, and it's been promised to us. We're looking for blessedness that's, that, that is a, a, a happiness that goes beyond our circumstances, right? Knowing that we're at peace with God and, and knowing that we're, we're walking in the truth of all of his promises. We want assurance that we're right with God and that, and that as we live the Christian life, we won't fall away or fail, that what we have won't be taken away from us and that we will endure and make it into the kingdom of of God at the end of our days. And we want a peace that surpasses understanding as promised in the scriptures. We want to, we want to be at peace with the Lord and we want to have, have peace even in the midst of, of difficult circumstances. Jesus holds these things out to us in the gospel. This is, this is the offer that he makes to people. He says, you can have these things if you trust in me and if you follow in me.
The alternative is what he says in John 10, 10. He says you can remain where you are. You can uh, remain in uh, alliance with your father, the devil. You can remain in a, in a state disconnected from me. And he says in John 10, 10 that the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and may have it abundantly. Right? That image, the abundant life, I think is, is a cup that's flowing over, right? That's filled, that is, that is just piled up, right? That, that, that as, the, as, the, uh, as the cup is, is filled, it overflows at, like the Psalms. Or that when the harvest of fruit is brought in, that there is more than is needed, more than expected, it is abundant. And that's the life that Jesus promises He delivers on this, not only by his sacrificial death on the cross, but he delivers by giving us his teaching in John 15, what's called the Upper Room Discourse. Uh, Some some people have uh, names for this section where he talks about the principles of the vineyard or, um, you know, the life in the vine or the abundant life, whatever they call it. Uh, This section, Jesus says at the end of this Section of teaching, 15, 1 through 11. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. And so he teaches these things to his disciples, not to the, to the wider public, right? They're secrets for the disciples, but then they write them down and share them in this book, which is everywhere, it seems, in the world. Like these are open secrets of living. Does that make sense? Right? Like they're... They're, they're there for anybody who would take them, receive them, and, 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 and test them. But they seem to be largely unknown. And so that's what I want to talk about. Work through some secrets of the abundant life. This morning, I just want to, I want to talk about one. We'll come back and talk about another next week. Um, Jesus points out this principle here that that he is the vine and we are the branches. That that the vine is the source of life, right? When you when you think about uh, a, a plant and, and fruit that grows on a vine. Uh, the, the fruit is produced at the end of a, of a small branch, which is connected to a larger branch, which is, which is connected to the to the main vine. When when Nancy and I moved into our house. There was an arbor outside, and I don't know what this vine was. It was like a giant weed, and it didn't produce. It produced, like, these weird-looking flowers that just, like, sprayed pollen everywhere. And so it was like, that thing has got to go. Um, and instead of trying to pull it off when it was alive, what I did was I just cut it right where it met the ground and left it alone. And it eventually the whole thing withered and died. Thanks. That was smooth. Um, the, uh, the, 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 the vine, where it touches the ground, the vine is, is the power source, or the, 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 it delivers the supply to all the branches. Jesus says, I'm the vine, and, and you are the branches. And your connection with me is what enables you to bear fruit, right? Let's just, let's look at this and see if, if, if this is where he begins and what he's talking about. So he says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Branches and bearing fruit, bad branch, right? Off you go. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Something changed and now there's a noise. Anyway. This is the first open secret. When we, when we think about the abundant life and we want to know what, what the secret is to living this life, we can put it this way. The secret of living is bearing fruit. That's the main principle. The secret of living, the point and purpose of living is bearing fruit. Now think about the, the kinds of fruit that are described in the scriptures. Uh, you may not know this. I'm just going to share it. There are 16 different fruit emojis on your smartphone. If it's an iPhone, right? I looked at them all yesterday and was like, maybe I'll intro it this way, right? Maybe I'll start right there. Let's look at all these different fruit emojis. And I printed them out on my notes. Um, I get to enjoy them. You can't see them unless you've got really good eyesight. Um, Think about the different kinds of of, of fruit that are are described in the scripture. Paul talks about sharing with those who are in need, giving to those who have a need. He talks about giving to those uh, who who don't have anything as fruit, right? He talks about in Romans 15, how he's going down to Jerusalem, uh, bringing aid to the saints and and how other people have contributed to that offering uh, for the the poor, And he says, they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, as the Gentiles have come to share in the spiritual blessings which were given to, to the Jews, they also ought to be of service in material blessings. When I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. He's talking about the fact that, that they have, have given right from uh, their, their poverty, and he talks about that being fruit. I'm, I know it was there when I said it. Trust me. I may need to like post it on Facebook later, but it was there when I looked at it. Jesus lived this way as well, where he gave of himself and he produced benefit for others. He, he lived in such a way that he bore fruit in the lives of others, specifically in this area of giving. Second Corinthians verse eight and nine says, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor so that by his poverty, you might become rich. If, if the vine lives this way, then those who are connected to him and who are called to bear fruit, we ought to live this way as well. 1 John 3.16 says, by this we know love. This is how we understand what love is. That he, that is Jesus, laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, 
How does God's love abide in him? And then John says, let's not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Let's display the grace of of sharing. We bear fruit by sharing Christ, by sowing the seed of the word out into the world and and by calling people to believe in Jesus, by drawing them to him and helping them grow. Paul says this in Romans chapter 1, verse 13, I don't want you to be unaware, brothers, I've often intended to come to you, but I've been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you. I I want to come and through preaching the gospel, I want to help people grow and I want to draw new people to Christ. Right. You know, what's interesting about fruit, right? If you um, take any kind of fruit bearing plant and right. So the, so the fruit grows on it. Let's just say it's an apple. It falls to the ground. Hopefully something picks it up and like eats the, the fleshy part and then spits out the seeds. You know what happens? The seed hits the ground and grows. And what does it produce? Something exactly like itself. Right? Fruit produces a plant that produces more fruit. And so the the point in part of coming to Christ is that when we bear fruit that in, in the lives of others, as it impacts others, that they would be like us. And it's not about us, right? You trace it all the way back to where this all started. The the vine itself is Jesus. We should, in some ability, some way, be able to say to others, imitate me. Right? But even Paul isn't so bold as to say, imitate me. He says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Become imitators of him. Live according to his pattern. So winning souls to Christ and helping them grow. Sharing with those who are in need. Another way in which we bear fruit is the transformation of our own character as we change and grow in the Christian life. Galatians 5, to 23, where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, right? I've heard some people, and I think I think this way subconsciously a lot, at least when I was, when I was growing up I did, I often thought of the fruits of the Spirit, right? You know, like, uh, you remember the Fruit of the Loom commercials, right? Where all the guys were like dressed up like different fruits and they'd like interact and banter, and it was like, what it ha- what's the connection here between, uh, well, anyway, let's not go there. Um, you, get, you get this idea of, of all of these different individual fruits, but I, I think we've got a bit of a fruit punch thing going on here, right? You know, it's like it's one singular fruit that tastes like all these things. Maybe you're one of these people that's super tasty, right, and you can... Uh, when you're eating something, you're like, oh, I can taste this and taste this and taste this and taste this. I'm like, this tastes good. Nancy can t- detect like 20 different flavors in something. She's like, I'll add some of this and it'll taste great. And I'm like, I have no idea what that spice tastes like. I can't imagine it in my head. But everything always tastes good. Anyway, uh, Galatians 5.22 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The singular fruit that the Spirit produces in us. And it manifests itself in transformed character that looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Paul says against these things there's no law, right? 
There are a whole host of things that we ought to say no to in the Christian life, but these things express them freely. Lay hold of them and display them in your life. Peter talks about the fact that, that the one who abounds in virtue, the one who, who, who is abundantly filled with virtue, is growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, right? The knowledge of Jesus is not like, I know 5,700 facts about Jesus that are just interesting, curious trivia that I can share with you. The knowledge of Jesus results in Jesus-like character, right? It, it needs to go deep into our soul and influence our behavior, So Peter says this, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and affection with love. It's just like fruit punch, right? Like all these different flavors of things going on here. Wow, what is that? And then he says, if these qualities are yours and increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're told to put off the old self and to put on the new self, which is being renewed in the image of its creator. We bear fruit when we look more and more like Jesus as our character changes. Now, don't be despondent if you're like, hey, you know what? I'm working on this gentleness thing or this self-control thing. Obviously, the fruit of the Spirit's not working with me. Don't do that. Measure yourself over the long haul. and Look at gradual change. We're, we're, not, we're not technology that just gets upgraded, right? We're a lot more like plants that grow and develop and change over time as the Holy Spirit works in us. Another fruit that we display in our life is Praising God and giving thanks. And the author of Hebrews focuses on this, right? Uh, Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through him, through Jesus then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. The branches are to, to display this kind of behavior where, where what we do is, is we routinely look at what's going on in our life. We, we, we look at our circumstances and our circumstances result in praise to God. And then our general attitude is characterized by thanksgiving. It, it was astounding to me. The first time I was, I was looking through some of the lists of big sins in the scriptures, like the one in, in Romans 1, where it's like, here are all the horrible things that humanity does, and it ends with, neither did they give thanks. And you're kind of like, wow, that's an understatement. It's like, no, that's the big one. That people aren't like, thank you to God for all the blessings that have been given. Jesus was characterized by an attitude of gratitude. Luke 10, 21 It says, in the same hour, he rejoiced in the spirit and he said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. John 11, 41 says they take away the stone. Think just uh, verses ago, it said Jesus wept. And then he tells them to, to take away the stone from Lazarus 
tomb and he lifts up his eyes to heaven and he says, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know you always hear me. Right? He knows at that moment, he says that he's praying not for his own benefit, but for all the people who are watching. And then he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Something amazing. He's just thankful for, for, for where he is. As his branches, should we, should we do any less than cultivate attitudes of, of praise and thanksgiving? There's multiple kinds of, of ways in which we can manifest the life and the presence and the spirit, or the, the, yeah, the, the, the presence of the spirit and the, the presence of Jesus in our life. We can bear fruit as branches of the vine. Uh, one fruit, too, that I don't think many people consider is repentance. And sometimes when we wander, sometimes when we have a difficult season and we feel far from the Lord, sometimes that's the main thing and sometimes it feels like the only thing. You might feel like, that feels pretty cheap, right? Like, I've trusted in Jesus for years and the only thing I've got is this because I've messed up. I've ruined something. All I've got is the ability to say, Father, forgive me. I come to you in repentance. You know what? The Spirit leads us to repentance. That's fruit. It's the, the, the produce of something created by God in our life. Don't, don't look at that and uh, sneer at it in yourself. That's the lie of the devil. Well, there are benefits of bearing fruit. The scriptures say that there is great joy when people come to Christ and when they grow in Christ, right? John says that there's no greater joy. Third John, verse 3. No chapters, just Third John 3. I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And so the, the fruit of, 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 of living out the commission of Christ is that we would bring in a harvest of souls as we see those people that we've, we've drawn to Christ grow and bloom and, and blossom. We experience great joy. I love the way Paul describes the, the people who believed in the gospel in the city of Thessalonica. 1 Thessalonians 2.19, when he talks about the fact that Jesus is going to come, what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before the Lord Jesus at his coming? Jesus is going to show up and, and Paul is going to say, look, look at me, Jesus. Like, what am I going to present to him? What am I going to say? This is what I did for you, right? Like, if, if you know all about grace and works and about humility, you're like, this is crazy talk, right? Like, why is Paul talking this way? Why would Paul say, I did anything for Jesus? Jesus does everything. But there's evidence that Jesus did something in Paul's life, right? He, he worked. Uh, God worked through him. And, and Paul has something to say. This is evidence that you worked in me. What is it? He says, what is our joy and hope and crown of boasting before the Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? 
You are our glory and our joy. Seeing lives changed and transformed, Paul's like, that is what it is all about. When Jesus shows up, I'm going to say, look at all these people I brought to you. Isn't this great? It's not so much about him anymore when it's about other people, right? Those involved in the mission of drawing people to Jesus and seeing them grow find joy as they see that growth. There's great happiness and blessing for those who share their possessions. Uh, I've, I've been a very clutchy kind of a person. Right? I married Nancy, and uh, I remember one day, this is early in our marriage, uh, we were having friends over for dinner. She went to the store. She bought these cute shoes. They were like the patchwork shoes, remember that? And, uh, and, and our friend Aaron and Brian came over, and Aaron was like, those are cute shoes. And Nancy was like, here, I'll give them to you. And I was like, what? You just bought them. Like, wear them. 60 times and then give them away. And she was like, no. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, stop. I'm sitting there like making some, you know, she gave them away. And I'm like, what is that? Jesus told his disciples, we find this in Acts 20, 35. He's quoted as saying, it's more blessed to give than receive. Well, I've received a lot of things and that feels pretty blessed. We don't know what it's like to feel blessed like that until we start giving things away. To use what we've been given, what we've been entrusted with. To benefit other people. To use our gifts and our talents and our time and our energy and the resources that God has given to us. To give that away to someone else with no reservations and just to see what happens. There's a, there's a blessedness. And blessed, by the way, means happy. There's a, there's a happiness that we don't experience apart from that. There's also great assurance for those who develop the, the fruit of Christ-like character. Those in whom the fruit of the Spirit is, is present are free from condemnation. They're, they're free from the, the condemnation of the law. Romans 8.1 says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And when we put our faith and trust in Jesus and we become part of what he's doing, when, when he forgives us and God adopts us, the Bible says that we're sealed with the Spirit, right? We're given the promise of the Holy Spirit. He's a deposit of future things to come. And what does he then do? He produces Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? Things against which, right? Yeah, I never get it right. I always miss one. I can't patience. Yeah, I don't have that. Yeah. Um, There's no law against the things that the Spirit produces in us, right? We're not only freed from condemnation that comes from the law because we violated law, but now the Spirit is producing within us things against against which there is no law. We're, we're freed from condemnation because the Spirit is, is not like, hey, drive into this guardrail. It's going to destroy you. The Spirit doesn't do that. He's like, go here and live in freedom and abundance and joy. And when the Spirit is active and we are living out godly character, we are free and liberated. And we're growing in the knowledge of Jesus, right? The knowledge of Jesus is not, like I said, trivia and facts. It's 
saying, oh, this is the way that Jesus would respond. I like the way that this feels when I try this on and I want this more and more. There's an assurance that we are connected and part of the kingdom and that we're, we're growing. We have a growing awareness of the fact that we are bearing fruit. If these qualities, Peter says, 2 Peter 1, verse 8, are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever lacks these qualities is, no, is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten he was cleansed from his former sins. And then he says, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and your election. Right? It's not that we save ourselves by our behavior, but because of our Because we are saved, we produce godly behavior in our lives. It just kind of leaks out like fruit in the press. You know, the the juice just flows. If you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you want greater assurance of your salvation? Lean into the impulses of the Spirit to live godly behavior. It's not being good to be assured of salvation. It's, it's growing in the reality of changed character. Those who love in deed and truth, as John said, have an assurance of their salvation. He says, little children, let us not Love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. And then in verse 19, he says, By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. How do we know that we're of the truth? We live out the truth. Lastly, there's great peace for those who have thanksgiving. For those who are constantly cultivating this attitude of praise and gratitude, we are promised the peace of God. Philippians 4, 6 says this, right? It's, these, are, these, are, these are famous verses, but do we add them all up, right? Do we, do we put six and seven together? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, here comes, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I'm going to put my, my trust in you. I'm going to look to you. And I'm going, to, I'm going to offer my prayer requests up to you. Lord, here, take my anxieties. Thank you for all that you do for me. And what is my experience? The, the peace that passes understanding guards my heart. It protects me. It, 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 it defies logic, the way Paul is saying it here. So as we close, Jesus promises a life filled with joy, right? A life filled with with bearing fruit. There's this commercial uh, of of Kool-Aid Man, right? And it's like his morning wake-up routine, right? He takes a shower, and, and, and the shower spigot fills up the jug, you know? And then he, like, puts in the ice, and then he opens up a cabinet, and there's... The, the, the containers of powder, it's powder, by the way. Like, don't, don't, we're not talking about, like, getting your fruits and vegetables from Kool-Aid, okay? 
It does, it's just an illustration, okay? Right? He takes the powder and he dumps it into himself. And then he goes out and he bears fruit, right? Here, he shares with everybody. Jesus says, you'll have joy, happiness, you'll have assurance, you'll have peace, you'll have all these things that come from me. And you will feel alive and be living this abundant life. This is available to those who are connected to Jesus. It's available to those who, who are experiencing life in, in the vine, who are connected to him. And so uh, as we close, we finish off talking about what the secret of, of living is. I, wanna, I just want to offer two challenges. One, no, not yet, not yet. The secret of, of living and enjoying this abundant life is that we need to be focused on bearing fruit, okay? I should probably do that in reverse because you're, you're out there and I'm... The secret of, of an abundant life is bearing fruit, okay? We, we want to enjoy life. We want to experience all that Jesus has for us. We want to focus on bearing fruit. But is there a secret to bearing fruit? Sure there is. That's next week. We'll talk about that. Um, but as we, as we think about this, here, here's, here's the challenge as we close. First, uh, you are not going to find fulfillment and joy in life if you are not connected to the vine. Right? And it's ultra easy, and yet many times this is, this is the biggest, most difficult test. We need to say to the Lord that we need him. We need to say that, that we need to be delivered from our sins. We need to say that, that we need a Savior. And we need to put our faith and trust in Him. Apart from that, we're not connected to the vine. And then for many, there's just this drift away from these truths. We start well. We start by trusting in Jesus. We start by being excited about him and, 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 and living out this spiritual life. And then things start happening. We start facing difficulty or there are challenges and we slowly drift away. We become disconnected. We need to return and, and rest in him. And so the challenge is either you need to begin. If you're feeling distant, you need to put your faith and trust in Christ. Or you need to return if you're feeling distant and focus again on, on dwelling in him and on bearing fruit. Let's close in prayer. Father, we, we want to live joyous lives. The whole world is running after happiness and yet you promise it to us. The whole, the whole world is, is looking for assurance of something that's true, and you promise it to us. The whole world is looking for peace, and you hold it out to us. The world is, is looking for fulfillment, and you offer it. We, we pray that, that we would see that you're teaching us that it's, it's found not just by receiving blessings, but by sharing them, by giving, by bearing fruit, by seeing your spirit accomplish its work in us, by, by giving to those in need. 
by seeing people come to Christ and grow in him. Father, I pray that that, that would be where we would point our passion, that we would, we would seek to accomplish much for you. Not because that's how we earn your affection, but because you've given it to us. It is the blessing. We don't deserve it, and you give it anyway. And so we pray, Father, that you would help us to, to focus on, on, uh, obey, uh, on, on bearing fruit on producing your goodness because you've given it to us. Help us to connect with you, we pray. I ask if there's anyone who needs to return to you this morning to find their joy, I just I pray that they would do that. And if there's anyone who, who needs to put their faith and trust in you, I pray that they would surrender and receive you as Lord and Savior. And when they do that, I pray that they would share it with someone. But they'd tell them. Father, thank you for your grace and kindness. We pray that you would help us continue to grow, that we can live in a way that pleases you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing a closing song together.